0: Yes. Good to see you. And Ed has his golf jersey on, which I love. Yes. So good to be here. This is, yeah. You
1: guys could have done what I did. I just went shopping in my spouse's closet. Yes. You didn't have that option?
0: You know what? When I got to meet Ryan, your spouse, and he's like, oh, yeah, I'm a Chicago fan. Then I think he stretched and he had a big old tattoo of Chicago, the bear or yeah, the Cubs. I
1: married into a whole thing. It's a real thing. Carol
2: has nothing sports in her closet.
0: Yeah, I I agree. So, well, it's good to have, it. good to be here. I'm Steve, if you're new. Carissa, uh, you guys probably know her from last week. And this is Ed Masters. But we are gonna continue our table discussion on the table. Last week, you did such a wonderful job at talking about connecting in groups because we are launching groups here in a couple weeks. Uh, But we don't just wanna be groups that connect. Today, we're gonna talk about having a cause and actually realizing that being part of a group is so much more than just... Being a holy huddle, right? It's about what we can do as groups and what we can do better as groups than we can probably do as individuals, and it's something you're passionate about. Why don't you just talk about a little bit of your heart for the cause and uh, why we're wanting to encourage groups to do things? You know.
1: Yeah. So, we you know we're all invited to the table. We know we need connection. We know we need relationships, but we don't want it to stop there. We want to come together. We want to be connected. We want to be encouraged and inspired. We want to. Learn Learn and grow together but then the question becomes what do we then do with that how do we go out into the world and fulfill the mission that Jesus gave to each of us to advance the cause through mercy and justice and love and so what we're wanting every group to do is to identify a cause that they are passionate about, that they can kind of rally around and participate in so that they take the experience that they have together around the table and they go out into the world to serve and to give and to love in a way that makes a difference.
0: I love it. I mean, it's just so exciting. And Ed, uh, if you guys don't know Ed, we've been in ministry here at Rancho now for the last 10, 12, 13 years. long time. With men, leaders, just a bunch of fun stuff. But you have always led like small, groups you've led and and you just volunteer here right led small groups you've always been a part of men's lives that do, what are we gonna do? I think like echoes in my head in the middle of the night sometimes. Whenever we get together, we talk about fun things. It's like, so, so yeah, what are we right gonna night, do right, with these? Go. Yeah, <laughs> so that do is a big part of your heart yep. uh, as someone that loves connecting with people and, and mm-hmm. doing that. Why, how, how has that developed in your life? Because it wasn't, it's it's work for you. I mean, it, it's a conscious effort and there's a it's reason why. It's a conscious why. effort, yeah. yes,
2: yes. Well, you know, growing up in the Midwest, uh, you get the do in you real early <laughs> or you get left behind. And then being in sports, being involved in sports. Yeah. Uh, it's an engagement. You don't sit back and watch. If you're gonna do that, wear your jersey and go to the stands. Yeah. I wanted to be in the game. I've always wanted to be in the game. And uh, when I when I got serious about my faith, um, over the years, I started realizing being in the game meant uh, I'm one of the players on the field. We think of uh, the impact players as people who get up here on the stage. Right. Um, the impact players are out there. Yeah. The impact players are there. And you're wearing your jerseys today for your favorite team. That's great. But we've all got a jersey, and it is this cause of Christ. And if we could just get our arms around that and see where we fit in, our unique gifts, our unique talents, recognize who you are, who God has made you and the fact that he's chosen you. So that's where I get that doing piece is it's, uh, I, I don't wanna be, but you, I don't, I'm not a spectator.
0: Right, right, but, you, but you've told me a lot that that's not your natural self all the time. Like you could no. like go home, close the garage yeah. door. Very and, independent, Yeah. Very, and that's Midwest too,
2: see? Yeah. And that's America. We love our independence. Carissa, you brought this up so well last week about uh, going from our independence, which we value so much, to interdependence, now that's work. Yeah. That's work, it's not natural. So we think about sports teams. How do they get these diverse group of players to play so well together? There's only one reason. They have a common cause, and you're gonna talk about that today. Yeah. They have a common cause. Uh, they wanna win the Super Bowl, they wanna win the championship, whatever it is. So these diverse players find a way to collaborate, to cooperate, and to be a team. We're not so good at that, I don't think, in the Christian community. But it's in our vision statement. A diverse community of friends advancing the cause of Christ through mercy, justice, and love. Two key words there for me. Cause and friends. And the third one would be diversity. I can't do it by myself.
0: Yeah,
2: I got to have, I got to be on a team. This is a team game we're in, in Christ. Yeah. So that's that's where this all you know, comes and, from. And
0: for some, like for some that might launch things themselves, but for other people, it's like being part of a group helps them to become part of something that's already going on. So that interdependence, which I really liked as well, you know, yeah. uh, you talked about last week, like, does that correlate at all to like? cause as well like we're interdependent or how are we interdependent outside our groups i don't know how would that work not just on our connection side but our cause side
1: yeah so when we think of interdependence we think of this idea that i need you and you need me and we need one another right right but that translates into cause when we can start to wrap our mind around the fact that even the people that we are serving, that we are giving to, that we are loving on, sometimes we think that they need us and it stops there. But what I've come to discover is that I need them too. And just a quick story that that really kind of launched me into this mindset was when my husband and I around 2014 we became foster parents. And we already had a 4-year-old and a 2-year-old and now we were welcoming this new 6-month-old baby into our home and it was really really difficult. This little guy felt safe with us about two days in, and then all of a sudden he just cried and screamed for the six months that we had him. Mm. And it was, for me, it was this moment of beginning to understand unconditional love. And And through this little guy teaching me, this six-month-old baby teaching me what it looks like to love without expecting anything in return, because we weren't getting anything back from this little guy. And then not only that, but him teaching me that God loves each human being so much, that that no matter what we do, no matter whether we respond to God's love or not, that is unchanging, it is unconditional. It was one of the hardest things we've gone through. Mm. But we received more from this little guy than we ever gave away. And I will say this, we had a community of people that came alongside of us and linked arms with us and supported us and encouraged us and came and held the baby so we could get a break. We wouldn't have been able to partner in that cause without our group.
0: You know, it's kind of cool when you think of all the like, as as being a youth pastor for so many years, we did mission trips and, kids would go like, we're going to go bless these people. And what you heard more often than not is I was blessed. I, you know, and that is that interdependence, you know, like we need to get a different picture of the world around us. I think when we were meeting this week, the three of us, you had kind of talked about that too. It helped as you've reached out, it's helped you see people differently. Like all of a sudden you're like, your compassion begins to grow, your understanding that people are at places for reasons, yeah. not just because they choose to be or whatever. Well,
1: when we have distance from people, there's misunderstanding. Yeah. And so when we can take a step towards people and we get to know them as a human being, as a man or a woman or a child created in the image of God who has a story and that there is a reason that they're making the choices that they're making. There's a reason for their pain. There's a reason for the brokenness or whatever it is that they're experiencing. Or maybe it's just somebody that bugs you. Like it can be just that basic. Like it's just somebody that bugs you, but to serve them and to love them, all of a sudden when you get rid of that distance, you see them for who they really are. Mm. And compassion follows, and yeah. empathy follows, and mercy and justice and love follows. It's really easy to judge when there's distance. Yeah. Uh, but the closer we get to someone, the more we're able to see them with compassion yes. and the heart of God.
0: That's cool. You That's know, it is. And, and and you've talked about, I'm going to put you on a spot because we didn't talk about talking about this, but it's when you've gotten into business, right, that you started seeing something different right. because you work right. with business owners that sometimes have lost their cause. Right, they that's might right. have a successful business. You've talked to me about this so much. Nope. And, and you've even seen a shift of this in business of helping people to see differently, to understand what's in front of them. I don't know if sure. that's putting you on the spot, but that was a life no. changer for you yeah, on, on being it part was. of a church. And yeah. talk about that well, a little bit. And you know? actually,
2: actually learning through uh, the experience of, uh, of um, getting involved in business that you can't really, uh, you may have the best idea and the best solution in the world. But if you can't connect with that other human being on the other side of the table and really listen and hear what they are after in their life, let alone their business. If you can't get there, you're not gonna have a customer. And uh, so this, this idea of uh, kind of t- turning the table and not dominating but being a listener and uh, hearing the stories, understanding another person's point of view, uh, developing a friendship really is the way to uh, work effectively and creatively with people. And then also there's accountability there. See, hmm. If we're friends, I'm not going to diss on you. I'm not going to, to create a problem for you because I care about you. You're a friend. So this idea of diversity uh, and, and friendship a a, a diverse community of friends is the vital solution to affecting the cause of Christ. Just like in business, just like in sports. I mean, how many sports team uh, stories do you hear where the start of the year in training camp, there's all these animosities and all these uh, crazy things that are going on between people. By the end of the season, they're butt slapping, they're hugging, they're kissing (laughs) each other. They're saying, I love you, man. What is that? Yeah they found a cause that they, they can come together around. Yeah. So we've got to work on that. We are so independent. I'm very independent. That's what you see.
0: Yeah. And uh, and so I like well, to go And home with that independence, sometimes we feel like, well, I could do it better on my own. <laughs> it's hard yeah. sometimes when oh, you're independent yeah. and confident to oh, go, yeah. I'll just do it myself. Oh, yeah. And all that we miss oh, by yeah. like doing that, yeah. you know? And, is, and we are good at that yeah. independently
2: on the small things, yeah. the little things. Yeah. And we feel so good. Yeah. But... The big things are what the the yeah. world is calling for us and Christ is calling us to do now.
0: You know, Ed, it's always trips me out because I think in some ways you you see me as one of your pastors, but you are just such a mentor to me and just to get to spend time it's, it's with mutual. you yeah, and, and, and see your heart for what are we gonna do, what do we gonna do. Thank you for your heart, for what you're doing as well. And so let's just thank them for being here with us and thanks no. for sharing a little bit. So thanks, Steve. yeah, you're Good. welcome. So yeah, you know... I mean, these people just live it out, and I, and I love it. And you guys got to hear Carissa last week as she launched this series of The Table and talking about connecting. And we, we mentioned a little bit here in our discussion, she talked about, I need you, you need me, we need each other, right? I need you, you need me, we need each other. And how true is that? I mean, throughout the Bible, it's full of one another passages, I mean, I used to have a whole list of them, front and back. I had about 35 of them that were one another, one another, one another. Because without a doubt, when you look at the scriptures, I think there's a focus on unity. There's a focus on coming together and being unified. Now, now, what's interesting when you think of, when you look throughout the Bible is that unity is not based on all of us seeing things the same way. There's huge diversity throughout the scriptures, there's diversity of thought, there's diversity of theology, there's diversity of background, there's economic diversity. There's all these different things that bring, it just the disciples themselves, those 12 were so diverse in their backgrounds and literally would not get along with each other outside of that Christ brought them together. So when he's talking about, you're gonna be together and love one another, they're like looking at each other going, I gotta love this person. So diversity is all throughout the scriptures. And so Jesus, right before his arrest, he prays to his father. And I find this very interesting what he prays about, because I think this is where we can begin to see the very heart of God, the heart of Christ for uh, us to understand how powerful and important unity is. He talks so much about one another's. He talks so much about unity, bringing these different people together and all their diversity. But look what he prays right before he's gonna be arrested and crucified. I mean, this is what he wants the father to get us to understand in John 17, 20. My prayer, he says, is not for them alone, which is just his immediate people following him. But I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Who's that? Us, right? Us, anyone who's going to believe, anyone who's going to become a follower of God through Christ, you know, this is us. So not just those that are with him now, but any of those that are going to believe in the future. That all of them may be one. Just as you are in me and I am in you. I mean, this is one of those passages that I can't think too hard about because I just get confused, right? It's like an idea to sit there and say, he wants us like to see each other as one, as the Father is one with Jesus Christ. That, that's just a picture that I just kind of throw my hands up a little bit and go, whoo, that is beautiful. We, we are way more connected when we think, way more connected. It, it doesn't matter how, die, how far we try to separate ourselves from each other, you know. We're way more. He goes on in verse 22. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Okay, says it again. Oh, that they may be one as we are one. Then he kind of adds this thought. I in them, you in me. Yeah, it's like I'm in them, you're in me, we're together, they're together. This is just a lot more connecting than we think. And then he says, uh, may they be brought to complete unity. Whew. That's Jesus' prayer. That was Jesus' prayer right before he's about to get arrested, ultimately crucified. As he's praying to his father, ah, oh, that they may see this oneness. I'm in them, you're in me, they're one as we are one. May they find a way to be unified. May they be Unified because we are one, as Jesus and His Father as are one. Now it's easy to see disunity around us, right? Is there any disunity going on around us in the world? It's easy to see that. I think what this prayer helped me this week. I thought about to give me a little glimpse through the eyes of God. Maybe He doesn't see the disunity like we do. He doesn't, you know. So you're seeing through the eyes of Jesus, His heart. May they see and understand they are one as we are one. I'm in them, you're in me, they're in each other, you know. This is, this is a connection here going on that just through Jesus' prayer, we're kind of getting a little glimpse into. So this is what he's asking his father to help us see. Now, I'm, if any of you guys have ever looked before, there's different words for love in the Bible. You guys have heard of that before, like all these different Greek words. Agape love, that's one of the ones we talk about a lot. But there's another word for love that's phaleho love. And and phileo love is like brotherly love, right? Philadelphia is a city of brotherly love, right? So it's this different love, this phileo love. I wanna talk about that because I think this might help us a little bit in what, we want to, what we're thinking about here today. Here's how the love is basically defined. It's a unity created by shoulder to shoulder connection through a common focus. It's kind of like when you're standing shoulder to shoulder and you have a common focus like sports teams, right? Man, I might not like that guy a whole bunch, but you're a Padre fan. I'm a Padre fan. You're a Dodger fan. I'm a Dodger. Hey, we're all of a sudden brothers, right? You know, we got this coming. I don't like anything else about you. You know, I'm at a, I got to go to the game Friday night. We we're all friends. Dodgers go Dodgers beat the Padres, which they did. But that's another story. You know, all of a sudden you're all cheering together. They did the wave together, you know, then they beat each other up in the parking lot. Whatever. It's just the way it works. But it's weird when you have that common focus. For that moment, you're together, right? For that moment, nothing else happens. That's like filejo. That's like filejo, that brotherly love. And I believe that that common focus, so it's that shoulder to shoulder with a common focus, is right in our very mission statement here at Rancho. We are a diverse community of friends advancing the cause of Christ. We are shoulder, shoulder, diverse community of friends, different backgrounds, thoughts, different theologies, politics, different ba- family upbringings, different places we were born, I mean, I, 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 so many different things. But what we come together as that diverse community of friends, because we want to be shoulder to shoulder with a common focus of advancing the cause of Christ. That's, that's what this is all about. But that does end up kind of begging the question, right? What's the cause of Christ? (laughs) What's the cause of Christ? What's the cause of Christ? Hopefully that we start being shoulder to shoulder with a unified connection, focusing on something together that brings us unity. Now, I'm gonna kind of say something here. And honestly, I I just wanna kind of say with what I'm gonna say here, uh, (laughs) unity is a hard thing to find today, it seems like. And we've been talking about that. It's hard to look at the church today, especially over the last year, but over the history of it sometimes, to figure out what is the cause of Christ? What is it we're standing shoulder to shoulder with to focus on? Now, I wanted to say, like, if I come across it all here like I know it all and I have it figured out, please, that is not what I think. Any of you that know me very well, you know I don't think I have anything figured out. You know I used to, I just don't anymore. So this is not the point. But here's what I wanna ask. But we do wanna ask, Like what is the cause of Christ? And here I always wanna ask a question. Is the cause of Christ attacking, attacking schools, teachers, other churches, other Christians over every thought and idea that arises or is discussed that differs from theirs? Is that really what the cause of Christ is? Because I'm telling you that is going on right now in our community. Feeling like the church is coming together, shoulder to shoulder, to just go on the attack. Going on the attack. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, just books, man. Like, I don't want to write a book. I couldn't take it. You know, you write a book, you read the things. It's a Christian book. What are you going to read when you go into the, look at reviews? Bah, bah, bah. We just tear each other apart. It's a cause of Christ, I guess. Or, Or let me ask you this. Is political power and opposing and fighting against anyone and everyone that disagrees with my view? Is that what the cause of Christ is? Or is it all about warning people, right? we got to warn people that God is coming again and he is so angry and he is ready to unleash punishment, wrath, and violence on everyone that is not in my camp, not in my tribe, and not in my belief system. Oh, that's what's going on. And I just want to say, again, I don't know everything. I don't know hardly anything. I just don't see that as the cause of Christ, any of those things, as what our focus shoulder to shoulder is to be. Listen to what Jesus in his prayer, I think he gives us not yet a hint, a glaring picture of what the cause is of why unity shoulder to shoulder in our diversity is so very important. John 17, may they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. (laughs) What's Jesus' cause? What does Jesus want the world to know? Why is unity so important, right? So that the world may know that you love them just like you love me. You see, the love of God, the love of God is the focus of the cause of Christ. The love of God is the focus of the cause of Christ. I think if there's anything I'm gonna put my stake in the stand in my own faith and how I see things is that the love of God is what Jesus wanted us to see that's why he came. I think it had gotten lost through religion. I think it still gets lost through religion. And Jesus, he came to say, may you live in unity. May they live in unity and all that diversity, because then the world will see that I love them just as much as I love Jesus. Right? But notice it's not just a holy huddle. So connection is important, like Krista talked about last week. But it's not just in this holy huddle. It's about a love that's flowing to the world around us. That's why we wanted to talk about cause. That we don't just wanna be groups that get together. I'm in my little thing. It's just all about me. Am I getting, what am I getting out of this? Man, but as we begin to realize that that unity and stepping out of the comfort zone and being together and thinking how we might advance some things, that is what these groups are about. That's what being part of, following Jesus is about, right, is having this unity for the sake of people seeing that they're loved by God. What a beautiful picture. 1 Corinthians 13, I've always liked. It's the love chapter. seems like that when I read it the most is when I do weddings, right? You know, love is patient, love is kind. Da, da, da. You know, I don't know why at a wedding you want to hear that love is patient. Good luck, you know. Yeah, so, But anyways, it does make sense if any of you have been married. Amen. Great one to start off with. You know, I thought, love is tiptoeing. Anyways, well, that's not what we're talking about today. But, but it's, there's so much more. This isn't the wedding chapter, right? This is actually... The writer, uh, Paul is writing the Corinthian church. He's talking about like, what can cause this unity if we focus on this much ego and, and it's just useless if it doesn't have love with it. I mean, look what he goes on to say. First uh, 13, uh, verse one, first uh, Corinthians. If I speak in the tongue of men of angels, but I have not love, I'm only a resounding gong or clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, Man, I got it all figured out, man. I study, I read, I go deep and deep. I want to go deep and deep. I want more knowledge. Well, if I have all that, and if I have faith that can move a mountain, I've never moved a mountain. If I would, I know a mountain I would move. It'd be this one right over here, right? Beachfront property would be awesome. (laughs) If I had faith that could move mountains, but I have not love, I'm nothing. Paul is trying to get this church, man, to see that love, is the focus. And if I give all my possessions to the poor, surrender my body to the flames, but I have not love, I gain nothing. And then verse 80 he says, love never fails. If we wanna be a diverse community of friends, it's gonna be focusing on loving. That's what doesn't fail. And if we wanna look at causes, we wanna look at causes gonna bring forth the love of God. That's what we want people to see, we want people to know. So what's this mean for our groups that are starting up in a couple weeks? What's the focus? Connecting for sure, like we're talking about, but also a cause. We want to look at how might we as groups advance this cause. In our groups, I want us to ask this question. What could the love of God in and through our groups look like? What if if that's what we spent most of our time talking about, you know? I and mean, we're gonna we're gonna be careful, man. You're gonna go into groups, and what's gonna be the discussion? Oh, I want to talk politics, I wanna talk theology, I wanna talk this, I wanna talk this, these schools, this, 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 that, this another thing, right? It's like, whoa, that ain't gonna cause unity. But what if we got together, and one of our main things is we're gonna sit there and we're gonna have discussions and we're gonna look at each other, and the real bottom line that we're always gonna get to is what? could the love of God in and through our group look like? And then make a decision to go for it. One of my favorite authors of all time is Dallas Willard. And when they asked him about discipleship, how do you grow in your faith? He would sit there and say, oh, what's the next right thing you know to do, do? man, I changed my life. (laughs) That's simple, right? I've found myself growing more of saying, what's the next bad thing I know not to do? Don't do that. Sometimes I have to focus on that, you know? Either way, it's simple. What do we do? Get together groups. What's the next right thing? If we're going to ask that question, what does the love of God look like in and through this group, then what's the next thing we're going to do? Man, I love hearing groups. I've had some groups that I know of that they just, their thing is like, what every week, it's like, what, Do you have a friend? Do you have a coworker? Do you have a neighbor? Someone that's in need. And they'll bring, oh, someone just had a baby. Someone's in the hospital. Let's bring them meals. Let's bring them something. Let's go visit them. Like they think outside their group, right? It's not just what's going on within our church or within our group. What's going on outside? How cool is that? I've known groups that have done that. Our financial peace group, they go through all this financial peace. It's starting at the 22nd if you need help with finances. At the end, they do a pizza party. And what they do at that pizza party is they collect a bunch of money. Then the guy that comes and delivers the pizza, bam, they gave him like a $500 tip. How cool is that? They're probably thinking, I'm going to a church. I hate these people, you know? And it's just like, boom, you know, here you go. Applying. I love that. I love hearing guys in my own Friday morning group that are talking about how what we're talking about and unifying and journeying through is causing them to look at their wives different and deal with their kids differently. So it could be as, as, as simple, all these different things are where you see growing and changing. So our groups are not mainly about learning and gaining knowledge, which is super fun. And I love to do that. Don't get me wrong. But that's not the main goal. Remember, 1 Corinthians 8.1, knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. The ultimate goal in our groups is not just more knowledge. Because when knowledge becomes the main focus, right, (laughs) I have found that unity is not what comes out, but disunity. That's what I have found. Once you start getting, oh, no, you're wrong, you're wrong, I'm out of here. But when we take what we're learning and discussing with the goal of loving each other and how do we as a group bring this love outside of our group to others, I think then unity will flourish and we'll begin to live into some things that we've never experienced before, you know? that we can live in unity, even in the midst of all this craziness. I love Galatians chapter five. I love the chapter of Galatians is pretty powerful, right? Verse six, the only thing that counts is faith, expressing itself through love. Man, faith that we're loved and accepted, forgiven and good with God. That's our faith. And that's expressed through us loving others that they're accepted and loved and good with us and we're moving forward that message, that belief, that hope. Galatians 5.13, he goes on to say, you are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature, rather serve one another in love. When you think about it, indulging in the ser- uh, sinful nature, right away you go to like, oh, drugs, all these things, right? But man, it could be just letting knowledge take over and causing to be disunited. You know, it could be whatever creates this unity can be allow- allowing that flesh and that, that worldly stuff to take over, you know? Hmm. Now, when it comes to causes, I'm not a real, like start something myself kind of guy. <laughs> Maybe you are. I'm not. I'm just looking for someone that's doing something. Like, hey, can I join you? You know, that's kind of how I operate. Maybe you're like that too. That, that's what makes groups and being part of the church so important to me. Cause I would just sit at home and go, I have no idea. You know, if I get a part of something, I'm with other people that think outside that box, it helps me so much. One of the things that we have done, just personal experience for me, trying to figure some of this out, is we are part of an organization that one Christmas, they said, hey, why don't you buy chickens, goats, a water well, something like that for needy people in other countries. And my family and I go, hey, let's do this thing. And we took all our, my kids were a little, so terrible, but maybe good at the same time. We said, kids, we're not doing gifts this Christmas. (laughs) <laughs> you know, we're going to put all our money together and we're going to let you guys choose what you want to give to these families. And our kids, we went through the thing and they picked out chickens and goats and we're going to give this and we're going to do that, you know, all right, you know, we're going to do it. And then, you know what? So that was a blessing for us. Matter of fact, We ended up doing that for quite a few years. That first year we did it, someone sent us a card from our church because they had heard about it. And they sent each of my kids, a, gave them a gift, a gift certificate, hundred dollars to Toys R Us. And they said, I think it's so awesome what you're doing. I wasn't gonna give you money because I'm afraid you guys just might chickens into with it. Go to Toys R Us and pick something out. And it was so cool because we couldn't wait. We're going tomorrow, right? And those people, they had a cause that showed my kids love. And we did, it was so cool, Right. The next year it didn't happen, they didn't get any gifts. We were figuring all that out still, you know? But that was something we did. As a youth pastor, I always found, I never like started things. Man, Pastor Scott, the past, he would go to Russia, start a whole ministry in Russia. That's how he does things. I would find a group that does something and just go join. So we'd like go build houses in Mexico with a group that has it all figured out. We just show up, they feed us, they take care of everything. But being part of a group was important for me or I wouldn't do anything. But then we had this one girl one year, we were building houses for people in Mexico. We had one girl that was part of our sewers group here. She was like 20 years old, one of our leaders. She was, hey, you mind if I collect from the youth for the next couple months, yarn and fabric, and then I'll make blankets through the sewers, and then we'll take blankets to the people we build houses for? I said, that'd be kind of cool. Oh my gosh, I had no idea what this was going to mean. It meant that every house we built, we'd take two beautiful blankets, of these families, and these moms would start crying because they don't have blankets like that from this like 20-year-old girl that's a visionary, one of the quietest humans you'll ever meet. And our sewers here at this church that built like, they would, they would make probably, because we'd build 20 houses sometimes, so they'd make 40 blankets. How cool is that? How cool is that? Man, some of you are creators, you see a need, I'm gonna make something happen. Some of you aren't, then be like me, join a group to where you have people like that and you'll find yourself doing things you never could have imagined. And people say, oh, Steve, your group's so awesome, you make blankets, I go, that ain't me. I'm just part of it but all the things we have going on. Johnny and friends, 25,000 diapers we got together for My City Youth. They have diapers for the whole year that are taking care of needy families in Hemet there. 50 backpacks we did for My City Youth and at-risk kids. 2,000 backpacks with crayons we just did here at this church that went to refugee children from Central America and Afghanistan. 80,000 pounds of food we do throughout North County, San Diego, all the way to Lake Elsinore and Hemet. Four homes we purchased for affordable housing that are now caring for nine women and 13 children through Rancho Domicitas. Food for hundreds of families, Thanksgiving meals, our encouragers ministries that write notes to military and parents that are single that are in need, teachers, others that need military. Such a cool ministry. Our compassion ministry that just recently responded to hearing the needs of three foster families and they took care of these families. So cool. Human trafficking awareness, our sower's ministry. Love those ladies. Amazing. I could, that list of what they do, I don't even have time to go through. It's so awesome. I mean, these are just some of the ministries that when we get a part of groups that we're gonna be grabbing a hold of and saying, yeah, we wanna be part of that. We wanna be part of this. Because people just like you, these ministries exist because people just like you said, "I I got a desire. How about if we do this? And all of a sudden over the years, almost every one of these ministries were just started and began by people like us just saying we want to do it. And then groups coming together and making a difference. That's what makes becoming part of a group so valuable. We can partner together shoulder to shoulder with a common cause of the love of God that we've experienced through Christ. That's our common cause. And we make decisions because you see through groups together, we can work towards the cause of Christ more effectively than we can on our own. So I wanna encourage you, man, grab one of these menus when you go out there. It's got all these groups on here. We got a whole bunch of them. There's fun groups. There's financial peace groups. Not that that's not fun, but you know what I mean. You know, There's women's groups and men's groups. I have a men's group tomorrow night. If any of you men wanna meet other men, we're going to Topspin tomorrow night, at 6.30. It's a restaurant in downtown. 6.38, we're gonna hang out, be there, do some studies, have a discussion, play some ping pong. It's all online. Go to the men's groups. It's there. We have recovery groups. We have marriage groups. I'm going to do a Bible study on Wednesday night going through the book of Ephesians. If you want to come join me, we'll go through the book of Ephesians for eight weeks on, on Wednesday night, starting at the 22nd. We have all these things. It's all in here. Man, go find something. Take a step like Ed has to do, right? I'm just going to take a step and I'm going to go and I'm going to do something. Because, like, a, you know, Chris has said, man, yeah, I need you, you need me, and we need each other. But I'm here to also say that there's a world out there going through chaos that needs to know and experience and see the love of God through Christ, don't they? They need us. And you know what? I think we need them. I think we need them. And I hope you might just go take a, take a risk. I'm gonna do this. Not for the sake of just what is in it for me. Yeah, because I think there will be stuff in it for us, right, no doubt. But how do I become a part of something that then I realize I'm part of something so much bigger? What Jesus prayed about 2000 years ago That we may be in such complete unity that the world will know that God loves them just like he loves us.